from this point forward is we put together all the questions that you guys had asked about the dating series, and uh, we're going to attempt to answer those. We'll see how we'll see how this goes. Uh, and I'm also um, going to defer to my wife on some of these because uh, she can probably do a better job than I can. But um, I'll just talk, and then I'll kind of I'll kind of let her chime in here. I'm all brain right. dead this morning, so a little brain dead. We did Christmas shopping yesterday, and so we're both just kind of like in that. You know, yeah, branded mode. Um, first question that, you, that we put up there is, uh, what age should I date? I'm 15 turning 16 December 1st. I don't know why they dropped their birthday on us like that, but they did. Did they uh, write their name too? There was no name. Um, so anyone here, birthday December 1st? Anybody? Uh, I guess she's not going to raise her hand. Or he is not going to raise his hand. Um, but, well, the answer is obvious. You should have started dating in December 1st, right? I mean, pretty simple. Um, 16 is the magic age, right? Uh, how many of you guys think there's a magic age that you should date? Or do your parents tell you, like, there's a magic age? Like, by this date, by this age, we're going to let you kind of date a little bit. Anybody? Anybody think there's a magic age? Or your parents have told you, like, by this date you can start dating? By this age you start dating? If not, yes? 17. Okay. How many of you ladies, your dad told you you got to be, like, 32? That's what I will tell my daughter if I ever have one. Um, but there is no magic age uh, for dating. I hear that a lot. What's the magic age? You see, I'm not really concerned uh, so much as when you date, but just who you date. That's my biggest concern for you. Um, you see, the biggest question I think you have to wrestle with is, are you mature enough to handle it? It's not a matter of uh, the magic age, but are you mature enough to handle that kind of a relationship? Um, you might ask the question, well, how, how do you know if you're mature enough? How do you really know if, if that's you? Uh, I think a better person to ask than yourself is to ask someone that you respect and trust. Um, come ask me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you honestly, uh, if you're ready or not. Um, most of you probably aren't, but uh, I'll tell you honestly, if you ask me personally, uh, ask your parents, ask people that you trust and respect um, if they think you're ready. However, I did think of some questions to ask yourself, to get yourself thinking about, am I ready for that eventually? Um, here's how you know. Um, first question, is their good your highest goal? The person that you're dating, is, is their good your, your highest goal for them? Or is it your own selfish gain? Second question. Are you holding them with an open hand? That might sound kind of cheesy because you just, it might sound kind of cheesy, but um, are you gripping this person like this, just theoretically gripping them like just, I've got to have this person in my life or else I'll be miserable? Or are you kind of holding them like this? Like, okay, this person is, we're dating, we're kind of in a relationship and it's just great, it's God glorifying, but um, I'm not going to just hang on to them with all my might, okay? I'm not going to just idolize this person. Um, are you holding them with an open hand? Second, third question. Are you finding your identity in the relationship? Do you find your identity, your worth, your um, fulfillment, your happiness in the context of that relationship? Uh, fourth question. Are you getting physical? Um, if it's heading down that road, then it's not good. And so you might need to think about whether or not you can really handle a relationship or not. Are you getting physical? Fifth question. Did you trade your friends for a dating relationship? Ooh, that's a tough one. Did you trade your friends? Did you have these great friends and you said, hey, look, you know what? I'm just going to 
grabbed this girl, I grabbed this guy, and I'm just going to forget about my friends. Do you trade them in? Um, the next question we're going to look at is this. How can I feel secure when all men seem to want is outward beauty, and that beauty will not last? Um, let me just say that, that I completely understand your angst as ladies. Um, with Well, I guess a guy could have asked that question. Uh, but like I said, guys, we come out of the womb being ugly. And so we're ugly all the time, and you guys still somehow end up with us. So guys tend to be less uh, worried about looks than girls tend to be. Um, but but I, do, I do understand your angst, and especially with our recent discussions on pornography and just the prevalence of it in our culture, I understand your angst and your, your worry about this. Um, also, it seems like every month there is uh, either a celebrity or an athlete or both uh, that is revealed to cheat on his wife. Tiger Woods being the most recent and probably the most surprising to many of us. Uh, but it seems like every month it's someone. Like this last month it was Tiger. Next month it will be somebody else. I mean, you've got Bill Clinton. You've got politicians. You've got all kinds of people that you look around and you go, okay, can, can men be trusted? Right? It's a legitimate question. Can men be trusted? Ladies, this is why the kind of man that you date is so important. Because I always say that you'll date who you marry. Or you'll marry actually who you date. You can reverse that. Um, you don't put the cart before the horse. Dating comes first, then marriage. Uh, this is why the kind of man that you, that you, that you date is so important. Um, you've got to know his character before you marry him. Um, if you've not known him long enough to really know and understand his character, then it shouldn't, marriage shouldn't be happening. Uh, is he a one-woman man? Is he the kind of guy you can really trust? Is he the kind of guy that cheats on his girlfriend? Is he the kind of guy who... Um, takes precautions with what he watches on TV and the internet? Does he discuss with you things like, um, yeah, hey, I'm visually wired, I'm a guy like any guy, so I've got a block on my internet, I've got someone holding me accountable, I've got channels blocked on my television because I'm weak as a man, I cannot withstand that kind of temptation for the long haul. So, um, does he, is he open about those kinds of struggles to the point where he, you know that you can trust him in those areas? Because let me tell you, if he never broaches the topic with you at all in those areas, he's struggling. He's struggling. Okay? Um, so what kind of guy is he in those areas? Uh, does he care more um, about your personality and character than your outward beauty? Does he seem drawn to you as a whole person, not just your outward appearance? <laughs> Do you find him being drawn to your personality, your own character? Does he, is he drawn to your spiritual side as well and how you uh, walk with Christ? Um, I, I do want to give you hope, uh, ladies. I think as a man matures, he does start to care about more than just the outward stuff. Um, I think that whenever you're in your teens and your, your hormones are raging and stuff, it's really hard to understand that, guys, and a few ladies. But um, believe me, it does, it does start to change where you start to see the person as a complete, whole person. And you are drawn to more than just outward beauty. And uh, I think God designed it that way um, so that, uh, that as you grow in your relationship with your wife or your husband, that you start to see the things that may, maybe initially drew you aren't the things that are keeping you there. Okay? You may have been drawn by looks, you may have been drawn by personality or charm or whatever, but after a while you get to know who's, what's actually inside and in the heart, and uh, it really starts to um, 
be the thing that keeps you there and, 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 and draws you to the person as a, as a complete whole person. Um, do you want to say something about that? Well, and I think also, I think I don't want to put it all on the men. I think if a, if a woman's apt to get sucked into that, then she struggles with that herself, defining herself by her outward beauty. I think you can put it on a guy and go, oh, well, why are all guys concerned with that? But I think if you get pulled into that rat race and that pattern, like you struggle with it as well. I think... Every woman is going to be tempted to think that that alone defines her because that's what people see initially. Um, and I think there's, there's always going to be this kind of tightrope walk and balance of trying to look the best that you can but not getting consumed by it and, and thinking, okay, I've got to look like this person. I've got to have this person's body or this woman's hair fashion or, or whatever. Um, I think that you try to look the best that you can, but then there is a certain release where you go, I'm not going to get consumed by this. Um, so I think that it, it's the guys that you date. I mean, if you have a guy that you're dating that feeds that in you, that's someone that you need to get away from. But I'm more apt to say, look within yourself first. Are you defining yourself by that? Are you paying way, way too much attention by that? Um, with magazines or books or movies that you might watch, are they all kind of shallow-based, image-based things? Um, I mean, that's all I'd add to that, really. Uh, next question. Why can't guys tell you when they like you? Wow. A bitter young woman. I'm assuming that's a woman asking the question, you know. I, I mean, I hope. Uh, why can't guys tell you when they like you? Well, I, there are, what were you going to say? Well, I, I mean, I think that women kind of have this timeline in their own mind of when a guy should tell them that. And if it doesn't happen when they want it to, then they're mad at the guy. But I think that's kind of taking control out of the guy's hand. If you kind of have it in your mind like, we've been talking for a month and he has not said anything, well, maybe he's going to say something that next week and you kind of basically take that out of his hands and, and control him. I think that's what happened with Dave and I when we first met. I was going to share this story. You're jumping the well, I'll tell if I know which one you're going to share, but I'll share the first part that my fault um, that we had been talking for a month, and I was so used to when guys met me. It was like, okay, you ask. He asked me out to dinner. We'd go on kind of this official date, and Dave was more coming from a place of, well, I want to get to know her first. I want to make sure that I want to pursue her before I make it that official so that I'm not playing with her heart. Well, for me, I was thinking, well, is that all we're going to do is just hang out at your house? Like, you know, I want to be wooed. And so I finally a month in called him and basically just told him, like, on the phone, what's up? Like, if you like me, like, you need to take me out. And it was bad because he actually was planning on doing that probably within days. And then I ended up looking like an idiot control freak and kind of, you know, lessening him as a man by kind of just telling him what was That's up not like possible. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think girls, I think, have taken control so much in this area lately. I think I just met with a girl last week that I told her, look, you can't ask guys out. Like, make the men do that. Make the guys do that. That's what they like. They want to do that. And I think that when you have to be the one to ask the guy out, honestly, like, that just kind of looks desperate. 
Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't think guys like that, and I don't think they're really going to respect you if they do. They might say yes, but I, I don't think it's going to feel the same where if they have their eye on you, they get to know you, they decide they want to pursue you, then they ask you out, that there's this investment that a guy takes on at that point. But if a girl goes up and goes, I like you, you want to go out, you want to hang out? The guy's like, uh, yeah. I mean, what kind of investment is that? I just, I think that's kind of lame. Um, I think there's two possible reasons why it might be hard for a guy to tell you when they like you. The first possible reason is they don't really like you. (laughs) Um, Now, I know that sounds kind of funny, but it's partly true some of the time. Uh, Let me just be honest with you guys. Um, Sometimes relationships, you might kind of like each other, but not really enough to pursue. Right? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you kind of have a friend that's a girl, and you're kind of like, yeah, I like hanging out with her. I'm not really sure if I like her in that way. Um, so you never really are pushed over the edge, just to use that analogy. Um, you, you just, it's just not quite there. It's, it's almost there, but not quite there. And so, if you're on the receiving end of that as a girl, um, I mean, don't lie, girls. I mean, you've been in the same boat. You've, you've looked at a guy and thought, I could date him, and then the next day you're like, oh, I, I couldn't date him. He's just not my type at all, you know. Uh, and, and so there, everyone's been on the fence before in relationships and not really known where you stood in, in those areas. Um, so there are times when a guy might kind of like you, but not really enough to pursue you. And uh, it'd be weird for you to kind of jump the gun and be like, so do you like me? And the guy's like, uh, not anymore. <clears throat> and it just creates awkwardness and weirdness, okay? So don't jump the gun. Um, the second thing uh, that I'll say is um, another reason why guys might be afraid to initiate with a girl is they actually like you, but they're just a coward, okay? Um, I'll use that word. Now... I'm not saying, I'm, I'm talking for you guys for the future. I'm not like saying you need to be like, you know, trying to initiate all these relationships now in high school. I'm talking about when it is time, in time in your life for that to happen, that, that the guy should be the one initiating those things. Um, that as a man, don't be a coward. Be a man. Step up to the plate. And, uh, and you want to um, pursue that girl and initiate uh, that with her. Now, um, I think that the way our culture is set up, set up right now, um, things like Facebook, texting, has totally given guys a cover for being a coward. Um, I've heard stories of like, yeah, I broke up with her through a text message, and I'm going, you are so lame, <laughs> you know. Um, or the girl says, yeah, he asked me out on Facebook, and I'm going, that is ridiculous. Okay, if, if you want to be a guy, the way to do that, whenever that time is right in your life, is to actually go ask her for her number in person and then call her and say, hey, let's go out on a date. Um, the way to do that is not to get her number from a friend or to text message her or to do it in a cowardly way where you don't have to deal with the, the jitters, okay? You need to deal with the jitters, all right? That's part of being a man, part of in, initiating in a relationship. Um, I even heard that uh, this past week that Tiger Woods, when he, when he actually met his wife, who, well, used to be his wife now, uh, um, that he was afraid to ask her out. That he, was, he actually asked his, his friend to ask her out for him. I mean, how lame is that? I mean, this guy's been, like, under pressure situations his whole life, winning golf tournaments, 
And he can't even ask out a girl. Okay? How lame is that? That's cowardly. Okay? So whenever it is time for that to happen, the guy has to initiate. She needs to respond if she's going to respond in that way. I will say, girls, girls, you have to be honest, though. If Don't lead a guy on. All right? Um, if you don't want to go out with a guy, tell him no. And don't tell him that God told you so. Alright? That's an excuse that girls will use. And I've heard it said this way, that for a guy that's like double rejection. Like, you rejected him and then God rejected him on top of it. Okay? So, don't ever tell a guy like, well, I just feel like God wants me to be single. It's like, no, you just don't like that guy. Just tell him you don't like him. And if you go out with him and don't like him, tell him after that that you don't like him. And don't, don't say, I want to be friends and then continue to flirt with him and play with his emotions. Like, if you say that... Be his friend and be his friend. Mm-hmm. And, and the conversation that Courtney mentioned earlier um, that she and I had whenever we were kind of dating um, was, uh, was actually, I would actually give her props and say, you know what, it's okay for a woman to ask the guy, hey, what are we doing? What is this? Like, we're kind of dating and stuff, but you haven't really verbalized your intentions with me. Um, if, if that's where you find yourself, ladies, down the road someday, and you're just like, He's sending me mixed messages. I don't know what's going on here. It's okay as a woman. You're not taking control. You're just saying, hey, like, tell me what we're doing here because this is confusing to me. It's confusing emotionally. It's confusing relationally. And I don't know where we stand. Now, I know the guys hear that and they're like, oh, great. Okay? Because you feel like she's kind of called you out as a man. And she has because you haven't stepped up to be a man yet in that area, okay? And so um, if, if that conversation chases the guy off, then he needs to be chased off, all right? If that conversation scares him off, then he needs to be scared off, all right? Um, it's okay for you ladies to challenge him to, to be a man and step up in, the, in those areas. The next question, uh, definitely from a guy, why are girls so mad when we talk to other girls. Oh. This could totally go the other way, though. Yes. Just as equally. Yes. Um, now, definition, please. What do you mean by talking? <laughs> Can someone give me a definition? Because I know y'all use words differently. When you say, yeah, we're talking, what does that mean exactly? It's okay if you answer. I won't think you're the one to ask the question. Communicating. When someone says that, um, yeah, me and that guy, we're talking, what does that mean exactly? What do you, how do you guys use that word? Okay, talking like they're going to go out. Any sort of romantic talk, anything like that. Any other definitions? Ladies, like how would you all define that? Hanging out. Hanging out? Okay. So it's obvious that it's a pretty loose definition, even as you guys see it. Um, Talking can be uh, lots of different things. Um, Now, I won't spend a ton of time on this one, um, but if she's getting jealous of you for being just nice to other girls, let's say you're walking through the hallway at school and she sees you um, just be nice to someone. You're not flirting, you're just being nice. And she's jealous of that, then I would say that she probably has, she's overly jealous. She's jealous in an unhealthy way, okay? It's not healthy how she's treating you in that, in that kind of way. entitlement. Right. Like, I'm right. entitled to be jealous because I'm your girlfriend or boyfriend. Right. Um, but, I will say this. If you're kind of in a dating relationship, 
And um, as the guy, you are calling other girls on the phone exclusively. You are Facebooking other girls a lot. You are texting other girls a lot. You're hanging out with other girls, like just you and that other girl, and you're dating someone else. That, I would say, is, is wrong. Okay? I don't have a verse for it to back me up, but um, I could say something like the golden rule. Uh, do unto others, you have them do unto you. And that's a pretty basic rule of thumb. I don't think you would like it if she was hanging out with another guy by herself and you're dating her. Um, she wouldn't enjoy that, and so you shouldn't do that to her. Okay? Um, I know that, that a lot of guys try to play uh, both sides where they try to have the girlfriend, but also try to act like, well, I've got four other girls that are like my best friend. Is that Okay. And the girl's like, uh, no. He's like, well, that's just the way it's going to be. You're just too jealous. And he's like, no, you're just a player. So that's the deal. Um, so that's just my rule of thumb. Like whenever, whenever I was in a relationship with someone, uh, my relationship with my friends that were girls, it changed. It, it just wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also if you, a good rule of thumb is if... If you're a guy and you have girlfriends and you would not feel comfortable having your girlfriends hang out with your actual girlfriend, that's a problem. But if they're friends, if everyone's included, then that's the sense that your motives are pure. You're not kind of trying to have this little side thing going. And I think the same thing for girls. If girls have these guy friends that their actual boyfriend does not like or they're not friends they've never even met, then that kind of tells you that's a little shady. And and that's a good sense of giving you an indication of your motives, that you're kind of like, well, I kind of like having these guys on the side that are my guy friends, but they like to date me and be with me, but then I have a boyfriend. And I think that's kind of sneaky. Sneaky, that's a good good way to look at it. Uh, Next question. Why do parents and church leaders make it seem like we are crazy for wanting to be in serious relationships considering people in the Bible got married around 14 or 15 years old. Um, Well, let me uh, start by telling you that not everyone got married in the Bible at age 14 or 15. Isaac was 40 when he got married, uh, found his wife. Um, But it is true that the majority of people got married at a pretty early age back then. In fact, it's not just in the Bible uh, times themselves, Old Testament, but also New Testament, ancient Rome, um, average age, 12 to 14 oh. for marriage. Okay, um, Pretty weird to think of it that way. It's like on something to catch a predator. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds kind of scary. Roman style. Yeah. Um, but they would not get married so much for, for love back then. It was mainly for political, economic reasons. Um, the family couldn't necessarily support that many children, so they would marry them off. They'd be like, hey, go get, go find a provider, find a husband. And they would have arranged marriages as well. Uh, middle ages, um, in the middle ages, age 16 for women, average age, age 24 for guys. So that's weird. I mean, 24-year-old guys marrying a 16-year-old woman, that's a weird deal. Um, that was kind of the average back in the middle ages. Now, you may not know this, but in Texas, right now, legal age is 18 years old. For you to make your own decision about marriage, uh, age 16 with parental consent. So some of you guys in this room could technically get married tomorrow if you wanted to, if your parents said it was okay. Uh, so that's a weird idea. 
In Texas, you can actually get married at the age of 14 with parental and judicial consent. Ooh, that's nasty. You gotta talk to a judge and talk to your parents, and if you, they say it's okay, 14 years old. Oh. Get married. Weird. So, you, you are not crazy, you are not crazy for wanting to be in relationships at your age. Uh, but here's why you can't do that today. Um, we don't live in ancient Bible times. You, you see, back then, in ancient times, you could provide for a family if you had like a sheepskin goat tent and like a goat that provided milk. Like that's all you really need to make a, make a living, okay? Enough land to plant some crops and you're good to go. Like today, you've got to have an education, you've got to have a lot of education to really make any money to provide for a family. Okay, so because culture has changed, marriage has changed. So as you sit there in high school and get all bitter at God, God, why did you make it so we can only get married at like 25? Like, don't blame it on God. It's not His fault. It's the way that we live today that has changed when we can get married. Alright? I personally think that if, if we were still the same kind of culture that we... Um, were in back then, the agrarian, like agricultural culture, then um, you probably would be married right now, most of you, okay? And uh, so it's a trade-off. Um, but the nice thing is, now you all have iPods. The Industrial Revolution has brought you technology, um, but it's made you have to wait for marriage until you're like 25. So thank the iPod for that, all right? Um, now, let's go on to the... Uh, Next question here. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Why does the good girl always go for the bad guy? Oh. How many of you think this is true? Yeah, I want to know if this is true. Is it true? You think it's true? Well, why are the girls... All the guys are raising their hand. What? Is it true, girls? It's true? Now, does the... Let's reverse it. Does the um, bad girl, does the good guy ever go after the bad girl? Yes. Yes? I guess it could happen. But let's just say, let's just pretend like this is more popular, the more prevalent thing. All right. I've got a lot of stuff on this one, so we're going to take a little bit of time here on this question. Um, Isn't this kind of the saga that's at the heart of the Twilight story. Is it? Is that right? I don't know. I, I, I'm just... I've heard. I've heard. What are the two names again of the guys? Jacob's the good guy. And who's the other guy? Well, don't act like you don't know. You're all over this. I made him watch it as research to understand y'all. Yes, I had to watch Twilight. She made me do it. So tell me, what are the names? Is it Jacob Edward and who? Jacob. Edward and Jacob. Edward. Okay. So how many of you all are in Edward's camp? Raise your hand. Edward's camp? Jacob's it's camp. Team. Team Edward. Team Edward. Team Jacob. <laughs> all right. Now, um, so you see this, this whole thing play out in movies. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. In movies, you see this thing play out where there's the girl 
And then there's always the guy that everyone goes, oh, he's dependable, he's reliable, he's a nice guy, he's a nice looking guy even, um, but there's just something not quite there for the girl. Then there's the, the bad guy, the evil guy, might be a vampire. He may not even be evil, just mysterious. Mysterious. And he's kind of the bad guy. And there's something in that guy that just makes her go for him every time. Right? And then here's what happens. The guys that are the good guys get really angry and mad about that guy. Okay? Now, I want to read some quotes to you that depict this. Um, This is a quote from a guy at a college. I had to bleep out one of the words up here. Um... He says, I don't understand the women here. I mean, they say they want men to be more emotionally responsive and sensitive, but they want men to be good listeners and really caring. So I've become all that. I'm a really good friend, a good listener, sensitive, and all the rest. And they all want to go out with these macho... I don't get it. What do women want? Do you guys sound? Do you guys agree with that? You, you feel confused, do you not, as men? Um... Let me explain something to you. I'll break it down for you. Girls have the husband versus the boyfriend dilemma. Okay? A lot of girls want to um, date a guy who seems like a great boyfriend, uh, but will make a horrible husband. Um, this next quote depicts that. Uh, this is a researcher that said this. Lots of women fall for someone who is the life of the party, dancing full, who's got a weak spot for women, and then become enraged when they find themselves married to someone who is the life of the party, a dancing full, and a weak spot for women. Okay? Amen. So they, they're drawn to the guy when they're dating the guy, because they're going after a boyfriend and not a husband, and they're stuck with this guy, and they realize, wait, the very thing that attracted me to him is the very thing I hate. And so, you you find this dilemma in a lot of girls. Um, There are two reasons that I've tried to identify that I think this happens with ladies. Listen up. The first one is, every woman believes that my love will change him. Okay? That's true. Lots of good girls, they have this notion that if there's a bad guy, they're like, oh, well, I know he's bad right now, but he's never been loved by me before. Right? He's never, he's never had to deal with my love coming at him all crazy, you know? She wants to tame him. Right. And if she can, then it says something about her as a person. Right. This, this kind of thing is a woman's... Everyone's romantic fantasy is that my love will transform him. My love will change him. You see it all the time. You see it all the time. Um, let me just tell you ladies something. You cannot change him. In fact, even if he does change, he has changed for the wrong reasons. He has changed for you, and that will not sustain itself. It will not last. Um, I will tell you that, that at the heart of this desire in the woman... Every, some women have the desire to, that they think they can change the man. At the heart of that desire and that drive is idolatry. Basically, you are putting yourself on the throne that Christ should be on. You're basically saying, I'm going to be his Messiah. I can change him. I can save him. I can make it all better. When we all know that only Jesus Christ can be his Messiah, only Jesus Christ can change him. 
And so the solution is to take yourself off the throne and to say, okay, I'm going to release this person. I'm not going to try to date them to change them. I'm going to let Christ change them. Because whenever Christ changes them, He's going to change for the right reasons. There's not this relationship kind of pulling Him through the change process. He's not putting up a facade of change, saying, yeah, change, see? So He can keep you. And so the solution for you, if you're a, a girl struggling with that, is to let Jesus be his Messiah. Don't, you should not try to be his Messiah for him. You can't do that. You can't do it. Um, the second reason that this is true is that bad boys provide a sense of adventure for girls. Um, every girl wants a guy who's like adventurous, confident, asserting, a leader, a leader of other guys, a guy who leads her spiritually. Um, in those ways but, but, the, but the bad guy even the bad guy has some good qualities he has some qualities that she likes good qualities like leadership assertiveness um, self-confidence those are oftentimes found in kind of the bad guy okay um, here's a statement that reflects this a girl said this quote I like a guy who's a little wild because you can live on the wild side without actually doing it without the consequences you live vicariously through him when he's going to jump his bike over five buses, but you don't have to walk around on crutches when he breaks his leg. All right? I've heard girls say that similar thing. <laughs> so, so let me tell you a secret, guys. All the guys, listen up. Here's a secret. Many girls are actually attracted to the good qualities in the bad guy. Not always. I mean, some girls are attracted just to the crazy um, drug use, and they, they find it, like, mysterious. They find it like, oh, he's a bad boy. I kind of find that mysterious. But some girls actually are attracted to the good qualities, the courage, the assertiveness, self-confidence in the bad guy. And they just look past the bad qualities to get the good qualities. That does happen as well. Every woman, listen up. Every woman has a secret question. The question is this. Will anyone like me? Will anyone find me attractive and lovable? And so often it's the bad boy who has the boldness to answer this question for the girls. But I do want to give um, the nice guys, the good guys, that are trying to do it the right way, I want to give you hope. Um, Because here's what they have learned in surveys is that the personality attributes that make the bad boy attractive would make the nice guy even more attractive if he had those. In fact, one uh, author said it this way, the best possible combination is a guy who has a fun, adventuresome attitude toward life and will confidently pursue a girl he likes, but without the pushy, cocky rebelliousness that defines the bad boy. So what he's saying is that Christian guys need to be okay with being the bold, spontaneous, um, assertive kind of guy. Okay, it's not bad or wrong to be that. Um, I'm just amazed sometimes at how the Christian life has come to be viewed by many people as a safe, uh, boring, um, non-spontaneous life. Okay, and I think what happens is a lot of the guys. They think that being the good guy means that you don't ever really assert yourself. You don't ever really show confidence. You don't ever really um, take leadership or ownership of something. You just kind of hang back in the shadows and just kind of 
Just exist. And just wait for the game to come to you. Okay? But I think what God wants to see you do as men is to rise to the challenge of what it means to be a man. The Christian life is, is meant to be spontaneous, meant to be an adventure. It's meant to be bold. When I read the stories in the New Testament of guys dying for their faith, that's bold. That is in-your-face boldness. These men lived out an amazing, life-changing faith. Do you want to comment on that no. as well? No, that was a long, an- no. long answer. Sorry, I, I get passionate about this one. <laughs> um, we got a couple more questions. We'll see if we have time to answer these. This is what time we got here. Go yeah, it's getting a little bit late. We'll do... Uh, let's see, we'll do... Um, Next question. Why are women so emotional? You get to answer that question. I'm going to let her take that one. I think women, it's like their emotions are like cows in this area. It's like they'll regurgitate their emotions just to like chew on it like an emotional snack during the day. That's a great analogy. It is. Because we can get upset about something and over and over and over again, and it, like, never loses steam. I mean, there are things, if I let myself go there, things that Dave did years ago, that if I let it come up in my mind and I reflected on it and kind of played it out, I could get upset at him all over again for it, if I let myself. I mean, that's just the nature of us as women. I think when we can be honest about it and admit it, then we can begin to change it. But if we deny it and then just go, no, no, you don't understand, he's being mean. And it's like, well, no, you need to just get control of your emotions. Um, Because emotions absolutely can lie to you, they can rule you, they can dominate you, um, and they can make you just a mess that no one even wants to get around. No one even wants to get near you because you're just a wreck emotionally. Um, so I think that it is it is discipline and it is maturity that makes you grow up in this area and not let these things rule you. That you when you're getting upset about something, you don't just let it come up and take over you. Um, does that make sense? I mean, do you do y'all feel that as women that there's times where if you let yourself go there, things can come up and, and man, you're off. It's like, boom, I'm completely there. And I think that it's being it's being um, disciplined in those ways. Um, I think the biggest thing is emotional reasoning that we believe if we feel something, it must be true. And so that becomes our truth over God's truth for our lives. That we, re- we really do worship our emotions. They become our God because that is what defines our truth and what we believe and live by is our emotions. So I think it's constantly checking in and, and working yourself through your emotions and not just letting them take over and if you find yourself having this rush of anger that you don't just run off and do something with it you don't text someone you don't go on Facebook and vent your anger on your status or go off on someone at school that you first figure out okay what am I even upset about what's going on inside of me and that you learn to understand yourself Um, and not just let it rule you. Because most women that just react to their emotions, they really don't understand their emotions. They're just reacting to it. So I think the the way to counteract that is to first begin to understand what's even going on inside of you, what it's about, and then ask yourself, okay, what do I need to do with this that will not cause damage in my life? 
because um, I, I do understand what men are talking about. I mean, I know women like that where I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Well said. Um, we're going to wrap up because it's getting a little bit late. So I'm going to pray for you, and uh, we will see you on January 6th for our next event, Game Night here at the Outback. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for um, your wisdom. We thank you so much for allowing us to, uh, to see your, your wisdom in your word, but also to see it in life lived out. And I pray that you would help um, these things to sink in uh, to the hearts and minds uh, of these students. I pray, God, that... Um, that you would uh, just help us to continue to shepherd these kids uh, through whatever they're going through. Uh, God, thank you so much for um, uh, just this season and what it means to us. Help us reflect on your son as we uh, as we go through this Christmas season. Pray this in your name. Amen. If you guys could help me uh, get rid of the trash, please. I need to sign up sheet though before you.